You're listening to the Maritime Gardening Podcast brought to you by Vessi's Seeds. Well, today, folks, we've got a real treat. We've got Lee Reich here to talk about pruning. Who is Lee Reich? He's an avid gardener and author. He graduated with degrees, a PhD in soil science and horticulture, worked in plant and soil research with the USDA and Cornell University. Uh, he turned to writing at some point. He's written in magazines and he's got a syndicated column. He also does lectures and consulting. And he's written many books. And in fact, today he wrote a book called The Pruning Book. I think that's the title of it. Not Pruning Book, yeah. Uh, just list the name of his books, The Ever Curious Gardener. That's the first book I ever read of his. Uh, Northeast, uh, Northeast Gardener's Year, The Pruning Book. Weedless Gardening. We also did a podcast on that book. Uncommon Fruits for Every Garden. Landscaping with fruit, growing fruit naturally, growing figs in cold climates. So you might be getting the hint that this guy knows a lot about fruit. And you fruit forgot trees. one. What's the other one I forgot? I think you forgot the ever curious gardener. I think I said that. Oh. I, yeah, it was the first one I mentioned because that's the oh, first okay. one I read. <laughs> that was the first book I read of yours and the first time you came on my podcast. Oh. And I had maybe like uh, 10 subscribers. Uh, <laughs> so I was nobody and you were everybody. <laughs> so Lee's been with us since the ground floor, uh, when we were the ground floor, and he was way, uh, you know, much further along than that. Um, so uh, Lee, so good to see you. <laughs> good to be back. How is everything? And you're in like, upstate New York sort of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, What's it like there? Today it was unbelievable. It was 60, over 60 degrees and sunny. Are you thawed out? Is there snow on the ground or... There's patches if you look certain places, but uh, it's been a very, it's been one of the mildest winters ever. Usually wow. where I am, usually winters would get down to minus 20 about at least once, not stay there, but you know, it would hit minus 20. This, this year, the winter, uh, the coldest it got and not that, that long was it hit zero some night. Wow. That's, I mean, we're still, this winter here has been abnormally, um, I mean, it started off like we weren't going to have a winter, uh, but you know, the last uh, I don't know, month or so, it just changed right around. We got lots of snow. It's been cold. My whole garden is covered in snow. You can't even see the ponds or under snow. I was in the woods on the weekend, really needed snowshoes to get around without getting completely exhausted. Um, so, yeah, we're still we're still fully. Although today was a very nice day. I was out at lunch and uh, it was like did not feel like. Normally here, Feb February is the coldest month, colder than January in my experience. But today it felt like the end of March. It was so yeah. warm. Geez, I forgot it's still February. Yeah, I know. But uh, usually, you know, we also in the past would get quite a bit of snow. For some reason, the snow comes up from the south and just bypasses us. <laughs> so we hardly got any snow this winter. I mean, usually well, I ski, you know, cross country ski, uh, right. not once. Not once. Man, no, and I mean, you want a bit of snow on your garden. I mean, it's there's, there's advantages to having a good layer of yeah. snow that stays in place. Uh, yeah. I was afraid we were going we sometimes have these winters here where it'll snow and then it'll rain and all the snow will disappear and then it'll go down to like minus 15, I'm, mm. I'm talking Celsius here. People are going to have to translate. Lee does it in Fahrenheit, I do it in Celsius. Um, but uh, minus 15. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When I said minus 20, I meant minus 20 Fahrenheit. And, yes. and this winter only zero degrees Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, which I mean, zero Fahrenheit is colder than, right? I, I should know this, but uh, oh, minus seventeen, minus eighteen, minus eighteen. Yes, that's cold. You know, like yeah. So that's what you've had, minus eighteen. Yeah, but that's I don't consider that to be cold. That's, yeah, that's much colder. I mean, that's much colder than it's been here. I mean, minus eighteen this winter would probably be like. The coldest day we had right because you're um, maritime yeah we're maritime we get that effect exactly yeah um okay so uh i guess we're going to talk about pruning i don't know if you've started yet for me it's too early where i am right now i usually do it at the end of march because that's when everything really starts to thaw and uh, you can see you, you know you want to Anyway, let's not. Uh, I'm going to ask you questions, and you can tell me about pruning because you know more than me. Uh, and before we start, I, I, I have started pruning uh, for two reasons. Uh, first of all, it's such a nice day, and, yes. <laughs> and it's been nice uh, lately. Anyway, and and so like, and it's nice to be out there and, and doing oh, something. 
This time of year, when the weather's nice, all I want to do is prune. (laughs) And the other thing is, I really do have a lot to prune. So if I wait till, uh, you know, sometimes I start in in late fall or early winter. You know, and I had had written in my book, and I've read so many times, that uh, you should not start dormant pruning till after the coldest part of winter's past, which is after early February. And then I was talking to a, a hardy kiwi fruit grower in Pennsylvania who doesn't, you know, he's, he, it's it's a commercial and he's really studied this a lot. And he's got a lot of kiwi plants, which take a long time to prune. And right. he said he starts, uh, you know, soon, practically as soon as the leaves drop. So I tried it and it uh, doesn't seem to hurt them. Everything is fine. And we should yeah. just before we start, some people get I mean, so you've got all this education, you're written all these books and so on and so forth. But. One of the great reasons to have you on the show here is that you have a lot of trees that need pruning, a lot of fruit trees. Just give us a sense of the scale. You, I mean, you've got a backyard garden like me, but you've got more. <laughs> so my my original well, my original uh, garden was uh, or yard size was only three quarters of an acre, and I packed a lot into there. You know, I had a vegetable garden. I had like twenty dwarf apple trees. I had uh, some hardy kiwi vines. I had pawpaws. Had uh, you know a lot of berry you know a lot of berry plants and then uh, fortunately or unfortunately I bought an acre and three quarters right adjoining property to the south yes. which is mostly a field so I figured since I write about gardening instead of having for instance uh, two kiwi vines I you know I should study these and try different varieties I'll plant twenty yes. and then I tried to plant chestnuts not just two trees but I planted eight chestnut trees. And then instead of having, uh, you know, then it basically got out of hand, which is the way it is now. I'm I'm trying to like figure out what what are my favorites, and I enough testing. Uh, there's a there's a great quote by a uh, by a, a famous writer. He was uh, uh, Charles Dudley Warner. At the uh, he was a contemporary of Mark Twain. He wrote all, a lot of well known sayings. For instance, like a gardener needs uh, hinged back. No, wait, a strong back with a hinge in it or something like that. But he also said some gardens are given over only to experiment. And the thing you get is sort of the joy of experimentation, but you don't get anything from it. So I want to cut back on the experimentation and really just figure out what I like the best. You know, I've, for instance, pear varieties. I've probably uh, almost 20 dwarf pear trees and they're all different variety. And then if I don't like a variety, I cut it back, graft a new variety on, and I've gone through so many pairs and varieties. I, and there's some varieties I know that have always performed really well and they taste right. really good. I just want to grow those now. Oh, maybe towards the end, you could give us some of those uh, tips. So just a rough number, how many how many fruit trees do you have and how many uh, you know fruit, uh, like kind of berry bushes do you have, I guess? I would say, I would say okay. rough. Maybe, uh, 25 fruit trees and berry bushes. Say 30. I mean, this is very long. Then again, and and, you know, I have a lot of grapevines and kiwi vines. And uh, I also test grapes, like, you know, try the best ones that I can figure out, plant them. If I don't like them, dig them up, plant a new one. That takes time too. I mean, it's not like a grapevine is like, you know, productive. Well, it's, it's, well, it's nice, but it's nice once I have a lot of fruit plants, you know, I can dig one up and, you know, plant a new one and wait for it. But I got a lot of other plants that are still bearing. So, right, right, right. It's, it's really nice as opposed to when I began and I just want fruit as fast as possible. Yes, exactly. So, we should, I mean, this is pruning. So, we should start with our first question <laughs> Why should we prune? Why not just let nature take its course? So, uh, you know, if you look out in forests and the fields uh, and where there's trees, uh, nobody's pruning them and generally they're doing well. The problem is if you take a close look at some trees, you know, you say you have a you know, little section of forest and you take a look at it, you'll see that there are some trees with broken branches. Some trees have been knocked over. So so that's fine for the forest as a whole. That's, you know, that's, that is what makes a forest. But if you have, say, a nice... Uh, 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 paper bark maple in your front yard. You don't want that to like lose a major limb because that's that's a decorative thing. That's one plant that you really want to look good. So you don't want to leave it to uh, to the vag- vagaries of nature 
to uh, do what they what what she wants it with them and and mess up your plant. So that's one that's that's what I, that's one reason to prune generally. But there's other reasons uh, you want to prune to keep plants healthy. Uh, do you get uh, black knot up there of plums? It's like this tarry. I don't know enough. Okay. I don't, I it's a common that. disease here of uh, of plums and related plants. And so pruning is one way to control that. And one way that pruning controls that is you cut off the, the wherever you see the disease and, and get rid of it. And that right. takes uh, gets rid of the inoculum. And the other thing is by pruning, you open up a plant to more air circulation and light right. coming in. I and see. that uh, that cuts down disease. So it makes for healthier plants. So that's right. one reason. Another reason would be uh, just for beauty. You know, there's a lot of- Aesthetics. Yeah, aesthetics. Another reason is to keep them from growing too big. This isn't a great reason because a lot of times you can get a plant, for instance, an apple tree. If you, uh, just a, you plant an apple seed and you'll grow into a, a tree that's 25 or more feet high. <clears throat> and maybe you don't want a tree that big. So you could spend a lot of time pruning to keep it smaller, or you could just get an apple on a dwarf rootstock, and then it will not grow depending on what rootstock you get. And you can keep it as small as eight feet tall. You mean not graft, graft an apple, graft a... And there's a lot of varieties, you know, even even evergreens. You know, you buy a, a yew bush, Y-E-W, Taxus. Yes. <laughs> not, not a yew bush. <laughs> a yew yes. bush. And you know, they come in, you know, you can get tall columnar ones, you get, you know, you, you know, dwarf ones, all different sizes. So it's better, even though I wrote a book on pruning, it's better to control a plant size if it's available by planting... A, by growing a plant that will be this that will mature to the size you want as you want and what about um if you're growing um a fruit tree or a berry bush what's what i mean aside from the things you mentioned but from the point of view of fruit production um or or nuts but why why would pruning be uh help in that in that goal Oh well, well, for uh, pruning for fruit production is is very important because uh, one thing that pruning does is you remove potential fruits. Uh, say if you have a peach tree and you cut some branches, peaches bear on one year old stems. So if you cut some branches off, you're actually going to be limiting the crop that for that coming season. And you might think that's bad, but that's not bad. That's good because uh, generally fruit trees or a lot of fruit plants will bear more than they can uh, mature to really good quality. Right. So by pruning, you're removing some fruits and the remaining fruits will actually get bigger and have better flavor. Right. And with, with tree fruits, another you know kind of pruning is after they, they set fruit, uh, it's just not all tree fruits, but apples, peaches, pears, nectarines, you actually can thin the fruits, like remove uh, excess fruits to pump even more energy and size into those that remain. And nice. it's interesting that for a full crop of, so each apple bud, flower bud will open to five blossoms. And for a full crop of apple trees, a, a full crop of apples from a tree, all you need is 5% of those flowers to set fruit. Really? Yeah, so it's very little. So, um, yeah, so that's another reason to prune. One of my favorite reasons to prune generally is for special effects, uh, special like, effects. like, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> like we spoke before about uh, uh, before we started about espalier. Yes, is, which is you know that's all about pruning like multiple times during the growing season, and you get this very decorative, very healthy, very productive way of bearing fruit, and uh, and it can be used for ornamentals too. But that's a special effect. Another special effect is bonsai. Uh, if you're growing a bonsai plant, it takes uh, regular uh, root pruning and shoot pruning because you you know if you have a hundred year old pine tree and it's that big, that didn't just happen. <laughs> yes, right, and, right, right. And I think I think it's really fun because it's really just like SBA and other methods of pruning. It's it's very detailed. And you you know you see this response. I mean, I have I have a one s one uh, bonsai. It's a weeping fig, which is a common house plant. And the tropics, it's a plant that'll grow you know practically as big as a maple tree. Right. So I went to the uh, store and and they were just uh, you know local lumber store and they were selling little uh, pots of uh, weeping figs. 
So right. it really didn't propagate. They just had four stuck in and rooted. So I took one out, I put it in a, uh, in a shallow bonsai dish. So it's now 13 years old and it's in a pot that deep by that big, not maybe that big, and it's uh, that high. <laughs> I prune it twice a year. I prune the roots and the shoots and the leaves. Wow. So that's that's just a fun, you know, I think pruning could be really fun because yeah, yeah. if you know about, you know, certain aspects of why how plants respond, you just do that and maybe you get a good response. And often, you know, even if you mess up, it's not going to kill the plant. You just have to get it back into shape. Yeah, there's a real, um, I find a real kind of artistic pleasure in it myself, uh, even though I'm not, you know, probably not very good at it, but I still, I, I really, I, w I almost wish I could prune more. In fact, um, and I had another guy, another guy I talked about pruning. This is the advice he gave. <laughs> if you really want to, like, cause he's saying like it, some plants you don't want to prune. And you know, like when they're, he said, when a plants, you, you can disagree. If you just put a new berry, uh, a new uh, fruit tree in the ground, he said, you shouldn't prune it for a few years, really just sort of leave it alone. Oh. Um, that was his advice. And if you disagree, you can say why. He said, for those first few years, if you really have to prune something, just prune the other tree, just prune, prune anything. Just go in the woods and prune something and get it out of your system, which is actually uh, usually when it's like really early in the season, I'll actually go in the woods around my garden and bring things down, try to reduce the shade and just, you know, prune, you know, like sort of fix those tree, keep everything short. Um, and it does get that itch. Um, so, uh, yeah, could, could you... What, what do you think about that advice? You, so you get a new tree, whether it's a, a whip that you put in, or let's say you went to the hardware store and you bought, you know, a, a four foot high apple tree in a pot and you stick it in the ground and you let it grow year one. Now it's March or, you know, end of winter at the beginning of year two. Do you do any cuts or do you leave it alone? What do you, what do you think you should do? Well, I sort of agree with him. Uh, uh... You know, any pruning dwarfs a plant to right. some degree. Uh, and so when you have a tree, you want it to fill its allotted space as soon as possible. So you want to minimize the pruning. You definitely want to do minimal pruning. But sometimes the other thing for a young tree, you want to you want to build up a, a good framework. So if there's something that's amiss there, you might oh. want to prune it off there. Something in but, the wrong place, you mean? Like yeah, symmetry but, or whatever. But there is something to be said. I don't know about a few years, uh, but uh, yeah, de you definitely want to do the minimum amount of pruning in a young tree. Yeah, I think he was coming at it from the point of view is like that tree is trying to gather as much energy from the sun as it can. Sure. So you want to like just let it for the few, you know, so it can mature faster, sort of thing. So I think that's. But yeah, certainly if you had some weird, weird thing happening, you you <laughs> got to train it back. You know, I mean, you can you can pull and do all this stuff, or you can just. You know, if you got one branch going, just get rid of that branch and right. you know, that sort of thing. Well, like just well, well, the other problem is what he said, but if you let it go too long and you, you're going to get some pretty hefty branches that you, you're going to have to cut off eventually. So yes. if, if it's a short bud, you cut them off and it's not going to have that that much of an effect. And it won't, the tree won't have that much to heal from either. It's a smaller right. cut, the smaller right. wound and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. I mean, what do you think about, I mean, it's something I asked every guest and they all say the same thing. <laughs> so I'm curious. <laughs> Um, those trees that you can buy from the hardware store, um, you can also buy them from garden centers. They're very popular. You get a tree that's got five different types. I call them five trees. Mm -hmm. You know, so you buy a tree and it's got a red delicious right. and a, you know Macintosh and uh, you know a Cortland and a, a you know honey honey whatever it's called honey crisp. You know, it's got five. So each branch on the tree, you know, you got a, you got a four foot high tree and every single branch on that tree has to stay no matter what, or you lose all of your Macintosh or each branch is grafted on to the, right. you know, um, the one I, I had one in my garden. And, and I think the central leader was red delicious, the worst apple in the world, in my opinion, <laughs> uh, the least I, delicious. I agree. I agree. Most red and least delicious apple. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so it's sort of like the thing that's, you know, you're going to get the most of. The thing that can be pruned uh, almost, willy, you know, as much as you want is the only thing you don't want. 
And right. I, it had uh, it had a uh, uh, honey crisp, which is a delicious apple, two feet from the ground, coming off the central. What am I going to do with that once the tree gets mature, right? And you know, and on the other side of the honey crisp, it had the Macintosh, the most disease-ridden apple in the world, growing the other side. Um, you know, that sort of thing. And I can't remember what the other two were. Maybe a Gravistine or something else. Um, but you can, I guess I'm giving it away. I don't think much of these trees. Um, what would your? I think a lot of people see these, and it's like this is, you know, it's self-pollinating. It's one tree, and I got so much. Um, what advice would you give to someone? They just got a house and they want to get a couple apple trees and they have this dream of having all kinds of apples. Should they get uh, one or two of these five trees or should you just, just get two different apple trees of apples they really like? Two trees. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, as you as you uh, noted in that in the tree that you had with five of them, you know, they, they don't all grow the same. Red Delicious is a, is a very strong grower. So, you know, other, the strong growers take over the weak growers and uh, it's just a mess. Yes, I'm, I could I'm not prune the thing. Yeah, I've known people that have bought those and nobody's ever happy with it. No, I mean, it's such a, it's such a great marketing gimmick. Right. Right. And you solve the pollination problem as well with one tree. Well, right? you can do that. You can do that anyway. If you have you can one graft tree, anything on any tree. Right. Yeah. If you have one tree that you really like the variety and you just graft another branch, one branch onto it, just as a pollinator. You can even keep the branch cut back. But right. uh, you have maybe two plants, two varieties on a plant, but, you know, five, it's not going to work. No, it's it's a pruning, it's a pruning nightmare. And I, theory, I, to, I guess in theory it could work, in practice it would definitely work. No, it was the worst tree, and I, 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 I think two years ago I just destroyed it, threw it in the forest. Ah, threw it right <laughs> over the fence. <laughs> I eliminated it. Um, and now I've got, you know, yeah, a few really nice uh, varieties that I like. Sweet 16 and um, what was the other one called? Uh, maybe Empire or something like that? Well, Empire or, actually was was uh, discovered right near here. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a, uh, you might want to reconsider this. It's a hybrid of a Red Delicious and... <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan. Of not Empire. a big fan? I can't remember what it is. It was one of the ones that the sponsor of the show uh, sells. I thought just a, just as an aside, a really good variety that you know one of these disease resistant. This is resistant to four, all the major four apple diseases. Liberty. It might be a liberty. That oh. sounds very. It is. So uh, just while you're talking, because every year I, I write down the new everything I did new. It's a liberty apple tree. Yes, and it tastes good too. Really? What is it analogous to? Well, it's... Uh, well, aside from just the Liberty. <laughs> oh, one of the parents in it is um, McCoon or McCown. Right. Which is one of my favorite apples. Okay. I'm familiar with it. It's, it's, uh, it's related to Macintosh, but, and which I also like Macintosh, but McCown is really, you know, if I had to grow like three varieties, that would definitely be one of them. Right. Yeah. I wanted to get, I thought of getting a Nova Mac. It's a Nova Scotian variety. <laughs> Because my wife likes Macintosh apple and Nova Max basically like the Macintosh apple was all the problem solved. Um, but I can't remember. I've only got three. I don't have a lot of room back there, right? I had too many trees before and they're all touching each other and all this sort of stuff. So now I've got two apples and a pear. Oh, that's it. You need, you need two pears. I got another pear outside the garden enclosure. Oh, that's just going to have to fend for. I don't expect, I expect bears and raccoons and everything. Uh, but it's near enough that hopefully we'll get right. some pollination, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, then so, not to be that close. Yeah, I guess I suppose I could have just another pair that I keep in the garden that I just keep really small, and it's just there for flowers. I could have a super dwarf. Um, there are no... Uh, I mean, I just keep it short. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can do that. I just make it short. <laughs> so I mean, there are dwarfing, dwarfing rootstocks, but not as dwarf as apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So I think why prune? I think we've covered this. Have we covered everything on that one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, uh, I love talking tools. Um, and uh, I'm curious to see what you have to say about this. What? And I think you just did a YouTube video on this, correct? Tools? Tools for uh, pruning? I don't think so. I probably have one up, but I didn't just I'm do sure, it. Okay. Okay. Maybe you just, I think I saw I it. I, I should have. I, I didn't realize it was video here. I should have brought like a little sample. Yes. But, Yes, but I, exactly. I always say that if, that if anybody's going to buy 
need just one pruning tool, the tool to buy is a hand shears, you know, just like regular, you know, holding your hand that's this long, uh, just pruning shears. You, you mean get like the bypass or anvil? Right. The bypass is two kinds of blades. Anvil blade, you have a sharp blade that comes down on a flat surface and a, a, a bypass, it's like a scissors. Yes. Definitely, I would recommend the bypass. It makes it more expensive, but it makes a better cut. Yes. And I could recommend uh, brands even, if you'd like. Sure. I'm curious to see if you recommend the exact one I have. Well, I know everyone has Falco. So that, I that Falco number eight bypass. Right. I have number seven. And, number and, seven. and, and Falco is definitely a great pruner. The other one that I recommend people, uh, uh, you know, since I wrote the pruning book, what would I would right after I wrote it, I was like, it was like a kid in a, in a toy store because I kept getting sent these boxes of pruning tools. Really? So I had like so many pruning shears. They were just lined up by my the door out to the garden. And they were all hung up. So I know which ones I like the best because it's the one I always took. So there were three really that I liked the best. Uh, so Falco is one of them. Another one, people don't really know this brand that, or generally don't know this brand that well. Uh, it's ARS. You familiar ARS. with ARS? That's no. a very popular word out here on the East Coast. <laughs> right, no, ARS. <laughs> no, but it's really nice. If that That's my favorite all around. Uh, really? And then for just really light work, if I'm going out and I'm probably not going to do pruning, uh, PICA is another one, P-I-C-A. That one's really unknown. Huh. But I'd say if you had, if you just want one of these tools, the Felco or the ARS is the one to get. Yeah, I'll just say for people, uh, the sponsor of the show, Vessies, they sell something called a Darlac pruner. Oh, never heard of it. It looks, and I have a Felco and I have a Darlac, and I can't tell the difference. They look the yeah. same. You could, you know, there's basically, it's like a Felco, but I don't think they cost as much. Right. Uh, well, yeah. no, they're, so the, the Darlac Expert Pruner, which is analogous to, uh, I guess, a number eight Felco, is 60 bucks. Canadian. Oh, yeah. It's probably a decent pruner. Yeah, um, and it's it's heavy and it's all steel and it has no plat. It looks like it from a distance you would never know that it's not a Felco. Um, yeah. So the the things I like in a good pruner also that you can take it apart so that you have each half and then you can sharpen the blade more. Sharpen easily. the blade or replace and, the blade if you do something. You know, yeah. Try to prune a nail with it or something stupid <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, so it's just like the Felco. You can take the blade off and you know get it nice and sharp and you can get all your you know, number, what's that called? Uh, number th three and one oil, you know, right, yeah. I got a little tin thing that makes that doop, doop, doop sound with the three to one oil, uh, <laughs> get everything all ready for the season. Um, so, so that's just, so, so a hand shears is really good for only maybe yes. half an inch thick stem. And you don't want to use it on, uh, you don't want to use any pruning tool on, on a heavier stem than, because you're not going to have a, a good cut and also you could damage the tool. But uh, yeah. so when you move up from that, you get to a hand lopper, which is just like the shears, except as, you know, could have uh, uh, handles that long or that long for better leverage. And right. uh, and basically you have the bypass, the bypass and the anvil blade on that too. And right. uh, my favorite for that is uh, Fel uh, not Felco, Fiskars. Fiskars, okay. Yeah, they really... And and just to show that I'm not, uh, you know, being paid by these companies. Fiskars, yes, exactly. uh, I I I've tried a lot of their pruning shears, and I can't stand any of their pruning shears. They make a lot of them, but the lot a lot of plastic and flimsy. Funny. Yeah, but yeah. on the lopper, it's good because it's light, and the and the uh, business part of the tool is uh, sufficiently well made. Right. So okay, so we got the the pruner and the lopper. What about uh, saw? And yeah, even bigger. So you get a pruning saw. In this case, my favorite is any pruning saw that has what they call a tri-cut or a Japanese, or a, it's a blade that basically, if you look at it at the, you know, I should have brought it. It's uh, if you look at the each each tooth has three bevels in it. I so see. It's much better than the old-fashioned uh, pruning saws. And these cut on the pusher or on the pull. Uh, yeah, and some, and they can be. Uh, well, they push. They do it on the push and the pull. Oh, I mean, but the, I mean, I've got a a silky saw, which is a Japanese. Yeah, it's a good brand style, and it, it mainly cuts on the pull. Oh, I mean, really? The, 
you know, like it's yeah, it does the most, you know. Yeah, for every... maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I, I, I'm, I shouldn't I shouldn't look when I was sawing, which when when it was cutting. No, because you you can you can you can press down and like when you when you push, you actually go very light, and then yeah. when you pull, you can really put a lot into it. And it's it's backwards because in North America, all our saws are these push saws. And the Japanese on the pole, and you actually have way more muscles. Like you know, right. you, you you can use your whole body. Um, so it, there's a certain ergonomic to uh, cutting on the pole. Even even their woodworking uh, saws. Yes, you know, and they're wonderful to work with. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, so any of them, but you know, there's different ones. And this is really just personal preference. You can get a folding one. You can get curved ones or straight ones. I I prefer the the uh, curved ones. Right. But but you know that's it. And so if you had those three things, you could do just about all the pruning you have to do. And do you, you know, go up a, do you go up a ladder? Do you do you have to screw your curved one into a you know a broom handle or an extension pole and get up higher? Like, well, I was going to say if you want to uh, go more, you can get a pole pruner. Like a pole pruner, I want oh, that rope. Yeah, but they have also some that have a, a saw on top. Yes. And then there's a, I have a ARS also makes a nice, it's a pole lopper. So if you have a, a thick branch, you can, you can actually lop it. It's not, it's only probably reaches about uh, maybe eight feet or less, maybe six feet, but, right. uh, but it's useful. Oh yeah. And, it makes it better than going up a ladder. Yeah. And this, yeah, I try and stay off ladders, <laughs> but, uh, but the, and you know, there's all sorts of special pruning tools, but th those, those tools, especially the first three would, Get you just about everything you need. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I mean, some people they are inclined to want to buy uh, cheap, I guess. But uh, yeah, I found it, it is frustrating working with you know things that don't keep their edge and don't function well and that sort of thing. Uh, I don't I remember remember that Felcro pruner I pruner <laughs> I bought, which I bought in I think 2012. It was the most expensive thing I ever bought for a garden. You know, it just I'm very I'm, people that watch my channel a lot. I'm very cheap and frugal. Um, <laughs> you know, like I'll always buy the dollar store pruner, and then all of a sudden it breaks, right? right? right. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's why it costs three bucks, right? Um, but uh, I don't regret getting that uh, Belco at all. Uh, yeah, it's expensive but worth it. Oh yeah, it should should live should be in the will. Hopefully, it'll outlive me. <laughs> my, mine was out. mine was a gift from my father. In oh wow in the mid seventies and I still have it. <laughs> there you go. That's, they do that's, that's all the endorsement needed, I guess. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm aware that we've got a hard, a hard end here with Lee. So we have to get all our questions and I got 20 minutes to get the rest <laughs> of them in. Uh, how does pruning affect plants? How do they respond to it? So this about, let's, let's keep it focused on, Fruit, I guess. Since right. Well, this will be general, actually, and it'll yeah. be fruit also. But um, but this is actually my favorite part because it really tells you know when you prune, you know, basically you should know why you're pruning, and if you know how plants respond, then you know why you're pruning. And when I when I um when I I've given a lot of lectures on this, and when I finish with this short, uh, it's very sh short of how plants respond to pruning. I tell people, okay, we can leave now because now you know everything you need to prune. I don't have to tell you the details. But anyway, hey, I'll, I'll go through it uh, quickly. So first of all, as I said previously, uh, all pruning dwarfs plants. So when you when you uh, prune, you, you're going to have less total growth of the plant. And this, this could be for good or, or not good. So, um, you know, you just keep that in mind. And then basically when you prune, there's two time, types of cuts you can do. The first type is called a heading cut, and that's if you have a stem. It could be a, a young whip that you just planted or a stem growing off a plant. That means you cut back part of the stem. It could be as little as just pinching out the tip. It could be cutting off seven-eighths of it or cutting it back by half. And the response of this plant is, and this is why people often think pruning stimulates growth, and they're surprised when I say pruning dwarfs plants. So when you do that, you get... Uh, well, what happens is the tip of any stem has a hormone that suppresses more or less bud growth further down along the stem. So if you remove that tip, the buds are released from that suppression and you get new growth. So you get a local 
invigoration, but not the whole plant. The plant as a whole is still going to be have less growth, but you get local invigoration. So this is, you know, if you have a, a young whip and you want to make branches on it, you cut it back to some degree and then it'll make branches. The other type of pruning cut is called a thinning cut. And that's where you say, if you have a branch, uh, a limb and you have a, a branch coming off it and you cut it right down to the base. And what happens then is nothing. And that's useful if you have a plant, some area of the plant where it's too dense, you you uh, make a lot of thinning cuts to open it up to light and air. Right. So that's, that's the first thing. And then still with respect to uh, heading cuts, you can, depending on how much you head the, the stem or the young whip, it will respond differently. If you make just, a, say if you cut it back by a quarter, you'll get a lot of new growth, but the new growth won't be that long. Versus if you cut it by three quarter, cut it back by three quarters, so you only have one quarter of the stem left, you get fewer buds uh, breaking, but each one will give rise to a much longer branch. Oh, so it's proportional. Yeah, so, so you know, for instance, uh, the example I like is a butterfly bush. Uh, you know, so the way you prune a butterfly bush, if it survives winter, you know, not survives winter, if the above portion isn't pruned back by winter, is you cut it back heavily anyway, because then you get these long arching stems that are really nice. Right. Right. And then uh, and then one um, more or two more uh, points. And th these are my favorites because they relate really to uh, S by A, which which I really like. So if you have uh, first of all, there's always a push and pull between fruiting growth and vegetative growth on a plant, just stem growth versus fruiting growth. So if you have an upright stem, it's inherently more vigorous than if you have a stem that's more horizontal. So this more vigorous stem is going to tend to be less fruitful and make more stem growth. Right. New stem growth. If it's uh, horizontal or near horizontal, it's going to tend to make very uh, little stem growth, but be more potentially fruitful. Right. So the, And that's just inherent. And also the upper part of a plant is more vigorous than the lower part of a plant. Right. And this is true across all plants. But the cool thing about the, the, you know, with the vertical versus horizontal is that if you have, say, on a fruit tree and you have a, well, pear trees tend to be very vertical growing and you have, say, a side branch that's very vertical and you want to, you want to start bearing fruit and you don't want to keep making more vigorous growth. If you just bend it down, mm -hmm. that changes it from more vigorous to more fruitful. Mm. Conversely, if you have a, a part of a plant say it's the leading stem of a plant, you want to make this to be the future trunk, you want it to keep growing most vigorously, You and it, but it's sort of leaning a little, and then other branches might try and overtake it. If you just stake it upright, it'll become more vigorous. Mm. And this is also useful when, you, when you're training a, a tree. So most trees, uh, if they're trained, you know, sort of to look like a Christmas tree with a main stem, and then side branches of increasing length yes. as you round. So if you have this main stem and occasionally there's another stem that starts to grow and wants to be top dog and starts growing like this. And if you if you let both these be the leading stem, you get a very weak angle there that's apt to break. Yes. So one thing you can do is you can prune it off. But of course, we're trying to, on a young plant, you want to minimize pruning. So the other thing you do is you just bend it down. Bend it down. So if you look at my pear trees, for instance, I have all sorts of ways. Sometimes I hang weights in the in the branches that I want to become more fruitful to weigh them down. Sometimes I take a string and tie it. Sometimes I have uh, like these metal hooks that I hook onto another branch that's that's more horizontal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All sorts of ways. So, but it's really and this is really crucial to uh, uh, growing plants as S by A's, and that's one reason for the S by A forms even why you have so much horizontal. Horizontal. Yeah. You want to balance out the growth within the plant, and you want to balance out uh, the amount of fruiting versus vegetative growth. Is this just the plant like getting? Is it like a feedback from gra like gravity or something like that? Like what? Why is it the horizontal branch a fruiting branch, and a, a vertical branch a vegetative? Is it literally like some sort of information it's getting 
from the way the gravity is 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 from the way that the branch the wood <laughs> is responding to gravity is that what's well, going plants on? do sense gravity obviously because roots grow down and stems grow up yeah. but i'm trying to figure out how that would relate to fruiting versus yeah. vegetable growth. i have to give that more thought some um, weird hormonal thing or god knows what yeah, we can always blame, blame everything on hormones. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it works for parenting anyway. Uh, <laughs> right. All my shortcomings are just, it's not me. I did everything right. Uh, <laughs> never missed a soccer practice. Uh, uh, okay, great. Um, now, uh, final question. Uh, trees, bushes. Oh, and I, I wanted to say, um, yeah, no, let's, let's do this last one. I'll ask this final question. Um, trees, bushes, and vines. Uh, so there's three different, uh, think about a fruit tree or a berry bush or a, like a grapevine sort of thing is a typical thing to uh -huh. grow. Uh, so what do we need to know about pruning these things? If it, if you could say like the top one, so two with, or three things. Yeah, so with fruit them. trees, obviously you want them to fill in their allotted space as soon as possible, which means minimize pruning. And if you can do branch bending, that's a really good thing to get them to bear. Mm. And then once fruit trees get to be... a uh, bearing age, the whole thing with fruit trees is very important is you have to know what how they bear fruit because you want to, for instance, a, a peach tree bears fruit only on one-year-old wood. So you get you prune peach trees more uh, severely than other fruit trees because you want to stimulate new growth this year by the pruning like a heading cut. You want to make heading cuts to stimulate growth this year for next year's fruit. Mm. And of course, you want to prune to thin out the fruits, as I said, versus say an apple or a pear tree. These these bear on what are called spurs, on which can be on branches that are ten years old even. So yes. they less pruning. But the whole point is for different fruit trees, you want to rejuvenate them, keep them rejuvenated, so they always have uh, young, young enough bearing wood. Right. And also, you want to prune them to to reduce the the crop. Right. Right. So with bush with bushes, uh, pruning a fruit bush is very similar to pruning a, a flowering bush. Is uh, you prune them by uh, what's called a renewal system, and a renewal system is uh, so the roots are perennial, and there's a certain age that whether it's a flowering bush or a fruiting bush, it it's maximum productive. So for instance, a gooseberry bush, uh, the roots are perennial. And it bears mostly on one, two, and three-year-old stems. So when right. a stem is to be four year old, four years old, it's not that productive. So basically you cut off all four-year-old stems when you're pruning. And then they also bushes grow bushy. And the way they grow bushy is they're always sending up new stems from at or near ground level. Yes. So the other thing you do is you reduce the number of stems coming up near ground level because as they get older, they're just going to get too congested. So say you might uh, reduce it to six new vigorous stems and remove six of the oldest four-year-old stems. And you do that every year. So the one-year-old stems become two, the next year becomes three, then four. So no stem is older than four years old. And that's why it's called renewal pruning. And you just and go by, I mean, I, I have this, I have to do this with my blueberry bushes. Um, and so maybe you can, I've got my own way of trying to determine which ones are the old ones. I mean, it's kind well, of the like the, the bark sort of thing. And the Right, with the blueberries, uh, what I do is I take a Sharpie and I make a little, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I mark the year. No, with blueberries. <laughs> On every branch, yes. Right. Year one, you do that. So with blueberries, you do this renewal <laughs> pruning, but blueberries actually uh, are productive, a, a single stem, for up to six years. Wow. So you don't want to make a little mark every year because you won't see it. But uh, what you do is, a, the easy part is if it's a, a thicker than an inch, it's probably six years old, so you can lop it down. And then I you think about the young ones. And, you know, there's other things you do with the, with the bushes also. You know, if there's branches drooping to the ground too much, you shorten them. If there's a lot of twiggy growth, you can do that too. But the main thing is is this renewal pruning. You want to make it so that there's constant, uh, constant renewal. So you constantly have new growth and you're constantly getting rid of old growth. I should ask you, my, my blueberry bush had this weird thing, one of them. So I've got more than one. I've got probably six now, but I had even more before. Uh, but one of them had this thing where it started developing new shoots, 
but the bark had a different color. Man. It wasn't as uh, the wood had a different character. It was more bendy. Um, it was more segmented and more bendy. And it would put out like a ridiculous, this wasn't like over pruned or anything like that. Just this, this new branch came out that this bizarre look to it. it was very branchy and very, it didn't do anything. And I cut that off and the next year. Two of those things came up out of the, the bottom. It's weird. Have you ever heard of that with a blueberry? I guess my first question is, did they ever bear blueberries, those stems? No, no, they didn't do anything. Are you sure they're part of the blueberries, not some random <laughs> that's Maybe got it's some weird thing that yeah. Like, like a lot of times, like a lot of times I'll find uh, you know, some oak acorn had dropped in there and there'd be uh, Yeah, so it that, could be. That's one thing. The other thing that I would say, although I never heard of in this particular case, is uh it could be a virus. Right. Just affecting one part of the plant. It looks probably, diseased. Well, probably not. No, because actually, I take back the virus because viruses are just systemic. I see. Well, the whole bush would have it. Uh, I'm guessing it's a, it's a seed that got in there from some other plant. Some other weird thing. It just looks like it's coming up from the roots. I mean, do the leaves look like blueberry leaves? I I always cut them off before they like. <laughs> I, I notice them when I'm pruning. I, I don't know. So when I'm pruning. I was like, what the hell is that? Because it looks so... So I notice them when there's no leaves and no nothing, right? I don't really notice them during the season. Maybe uh, you should let, maybe you should let it grow and see what... Uh... I should put a ribbon on it and mark it and just, yeah, I should should let it persist. Every, every year when I see them, I just eliminate them all, you know, in March when there's no foliage. I mean, that, you know, because I, you know, I prune my blueberries in, in March and then I literally don't even look at them until August when there's blueberries on July. I think it's August, August when there's blueberries on them. Right. And then, and then we're just picking blueberries and those are usually down lower. So I don't even notice them. And then the next year when I'm pruning them, what the hell is that? And I cut them all off. Um, yeah. So you could well, be if you're, right Yeah. If you're really curious, I would let it grow and see what it becomes. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, you, just, you just made me really nervous. I just realized I have all my blueberry bushes to prune too. And that's <laughs> blueberries, my favorite and my most successful fruit. Right. And, uh, and so I really got to get in there. And I have 16 plants. Do you follow, this is the other question I had for you. I, I remember, uh, you know, a rule of thumb about uh, fruit trees, they say you should uh, prune them so that a bird can fly through them. But an apple tree, you should prune it, uh, prune it so you could throw a cat through it. Uh. <laughs> I, I, I actually consider the cat and the bird equivalent. But I, I say that for <laughs> I say that for peach trees, not not for uh, apples necessarily. Right, for but it might, it might be good for uh, apple trees. Right, and when you're pruning your fruit, uh, I mean, just removing the older, you're 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 rejuvenating it. Mostly right. when you're pruning your fruit, I mean, I guess you're also things that branches touching right. each other. Yeah, um, any diseased, diseased, uh, dead or uh, or misplaced crossing branches, stuff like that. Yeah. Right, you just start with that, and then once you've removed all that. Then you start thinking about shape and symmetry, or if you're too busy, you just move on and don't, don't care. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, this is, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Tell us about pruning. Any any final things? Uh, oh, what about uh, so for fruit trees? Uh, do you think about clearing? You know, there's the idea of a chimney, like an apple tree. Like a you want to you've got your your main your central leader, all your branches coming off the leader. And one of the uh, ways of thinking about it is that you shouldn't let the all of the wood on the central leader and near the central leader should be cleared of everything so that you can get a sort of airflow up through the center of the tree like oh. a chimney. Have you ever heard of that before? Nope. <laughs> okay. <'Cause> it can't <laughs> be the I, most important thing in the world then. <laughs> but I think, but I know, but I think I never heard the chimney effect, but, but I think, you know, you don't want too many branches growing near the center or there's no air circulation. The ideas are like just rubbing off all the suckers that are like near that center. So right. you can get a scent air going up the middle sort of thing. Unless you want one for a replacement branch or something like that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. For, a, you know, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So that was my last question. You got anything else you want to tell us about? Um, I guess just said more information is available in my book. Yes. Buy that. And what's the name of the book again? The Pruning Book. There you go. Pruning book. I thought it was called the Pruning Book. Oh shoot! I got the wrong book. <laughs> That's probably a good book too. But... Jeez. Was that your book? 
Grow fruit dead. Yeah, dead. Was, yeah, yeah but actually, I have an old. Oh wait, I got a new copy. One second. Okay. <laughs> that was a test to see if you were paying attention. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here we go. Is that the right one? Yes, the pruning book. You know, I held that up. I held that up before, and we both looked at it, and, and I didn't. I guess I moved it, took it away too quickly. That's true. No, I did. I didn't look at it that time. I was just more looking at like how uh, if right. the camera picked it up properly. But I was. I was looking. If I, I was looking at if I was getting too much reflection. When did you write that book? Uh, nineteen ninety-seven. But it's been updated once. Oh and, really? Uh, and actually, that's my best-selling book. Really. That's great. Well, and Lee's going to send me a copy of that book, and I'm going right. to read it. And then next year, I'll we'll do an. Take, uh, I'm a slow book reader. I kind of. It'll be the next level of pruning. Exactly. When I like to digest a, a, a good gardening book, I like to sort of go over it. I normally actually have the book. Uh, this isn't a good example here, but I've got one. Where's that one? Um, anyway, what I'll do is I'll have a little pocket inside the, inside the, uh, where I, I have like a place to hold a pencil you know like a little pocket for a pencil right. i'll make all kinds of notes in the book and i usually read it on the in the, in the bathroom <laughs> perfect. perfect as it was written for that exactly it's, it's just part of the digestion process right. um, so it, it's the book's with me a long time so every day i have a little conversation with lee um, <laughs> and in my most intimate moments and i don't know about this <laughs> oh god all right leo it's been great uh having you on yeah. again and uh, i can't wait to read that book and have you on again to talk about it keep an eye on, out for the book oh you gotta tell me where to send it oh yeah i'll send i'll send y'all an email yeah, i gotta send you something anyway yeah, okay yeah. thanks a lot and it's been great. fun as usual great okay everybody out there I hope you found this interesting if you did please like share subscribe and until next time get out there get at it have fun in your garden Thanks for watching. Thanks for <laughs> Hey, do you like getting free shipping? Then go to Vessies.com to buy whatever you need for your garden this year and use my coupon code GAVS24 to get free shipping as long as there's a pack of seeds in the order and there's no oversized items. Check out the description box of this video for details. You can buy everything you need from Vessies. They have seeds, fruit bushes and trees, soil amendments, pest solutions, tools, clothing, and lots of other stuff too. So yeah, if you want to help support everything I'm doing here and you like free shipping, and they sell something you need, buy it from them, use my coupon code. Happy gardening!